and we are back again with Kicking Cancer Cares. Our sponsor for this second half is Marianne McNally, who you guys are all familiar with. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. So if you are looking to buy a home, sell a home, or just not really sure where to start, she's definitely your go-to girl. Her number is 503-409-4389. Amanda, I, oh? during, during the commercial break, I'm not sure, but is that thing on your board? Is that someone trying to call into the show? It is. Let's answer it. Hold on. Let's see who's on the caller. Good morning. Hello, caller. Morning. You're on the Kicking Cancer Care Show. Who is this? This is Dorothy O'Dell from Windsor, Ontario. Windsor, oh, Ontario, oh. Canada. Wow. Wow. Yes. <laughs> well, hello. So we're, <laughs> hello. We're, we're in Salem, Oregon, and a lot of our listeners are here. Can you geographically let our listeners know where you're at in relationship to the United States? Five minutes across the border from Detroit, Michigan. Okay. Wow. As soon as you as soon as you cross in from Detroit, you're into Canada. That is Windsor, Ontario. Nice. That's cool. So I bet it's a little bit cold there right now. A little bit, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have seen a few of the football games in, in that Detroit, Michigan area, so it looks a little bit. Cold. Yes, it does. Are you are you right along one of the Great Lakes, Dorothy? Um. No, I'm on the Detroit River. Okay. Still, yeah. you still get so, that cold wind I mean, off. I'm sure it goes into some body of water, but I'm not sure. Okay. Lake Erie. Oh, there you go. around me. Okay. Well, now the listeners can look at a map and get a little sense yeah. of where you're at. Well, thank you for calling in. Um, I want to bring I want to bring something up, and this was actually from another podcast we did, Dorothy, and for people that know you and they want to listen um this show does go to podcasts so on january the 8th they can find us on any podcast service mm-hmm. it's kicking cancer cares is the name of the podcast one of our previous podcasts we talked about blue zones are you familiar with blue zones dorothy no i'm not uh there's a book that i reference quite often it's called crispy cancer and there's a little part in here that I thought would be interesting to read, and it kind of ties into one of our previous shows. Okay. Um, Chris, Chris, this little section, Dorothy, this is called the patient, the cancer patient who forgot to die. That's, the name. <laughs> That's, That's an the name. interesting name. <laughs> right. So it says, diagnosed with terminal lung cancer in 1976, 67-year-old, and I'm going to try to say his name correctly because it's definitely very Greek. Um, his name is Stamatis Moraitis, I believe is how you say his name. But it's a very Greek name. So he left the United mm-hmm. States and moved back to, and this is, you're going to find this intriguing, Amanda. He, macked, he moved back to Ikeria, a Greek island. Oh. Does that name sound familiar? Yeah. That's one of the blue zones. It is. <laughs> So in 1976, he moved back to Ikeria, a Greek island, to be close to his family and enjoy the last nine months on earth okay because he had been diagnosed with terminal lung cancer he planted a garden and a vineyard got lots of fresh air and sunshine ate homegrown local food slept late took naps ate and drank with his friends at night and started going to church all those little components that we discovered right yeah this was a radical change compared to his former life back in the united states and as a result something unexpected happened he or rather, longer. something didn't happen. Yeah. He didn't die. Right. 30 years later, he celebrated his 96th birthday, a cancer-free man, 
without the help of any doctors or drugs. That is insane. Isn't that amazing? That is. And that is one of the blue zones. That's phenomenal. So the blue zones are a real thing whether you have cancer or not. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. He didn't go back there knowing it was a blue zone. He didn't go back there for any other reason than to be near his family Mm -hmm. and live out the last nine months of his life. Wow. But because of the changes he made on this little island off from Greece, he lived 30 years longer. That's bizarre. Cancer-free. And so it's the man who forgot to die. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. That's great. Dorothy, earlier in in the first half of the show, um, I brought up some numbers, some predictions for for the United States in 2023, how many new cases of cancer we were going to see here in the United States. The predictions have been pretty accurate. Um, I just took a second and Googled really quick. This was the prediction last year for Canada. Oh, okay. We'll just do a I'm little curious. Ca- ca- a little comparison. Yeah. Well, since Dorothy just called us from Ontario, Canada. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so the prediction for for last year was two hundred and thirty nine thousand one hundred new cases of cancer in Canada. Much lower number than the United States, except to make that a fair number. I thought, well, let's compare that to the populace. Right. How many people live in Canada? Mm-hmm. So I'm doing some really fast math here. So I hope my math is right. But in the United States, 0.59% of the people who live in the United States will get cancer. 0.59%. Wow. That's, a, that's almost 6%. That's um, a lot. Oh, no, point, so 0.59. Oh, oh, okay. So less than 1%. Yes. Okay. Right? <laughs> 0.5, but, see, I'm like, wow, that's really <laughs> Not hard. 6%, but point, 0.6% almost, okay. right? Except in Canada, if you take that number divided by the people who live in Canada... Oh. So the percentage is a little bit higher in Canada. I thought it would be opposite. I I don't know. You're like, I don't make the numbers. I I just read the numbers here. Um, (laughs) Dorothy, do you have any thoughts on why maybe that number is a little bit higher there in Canada? Well, I can tell you in in winter, our air pollution is huge. And when... um, I actually went with my dad to his doctor's appointment. They were saying that people were getting lung cancer in winter just because of the air pollution, and they had never smoked a day in their life. Uh, so it, I, I think it depends on the pollution and everything, that, the environment. And it's no wonder why that guy lived to be 90 years old because he changed everything. He probably didn't have the stress that we all have. Right. And just decided, you know what, I'm just going to live my life. And here I am living my best life out in Greece and live to be 90 years old. Yeah. So it's no surprise that's what happened because I, well, here in Canada, like we're peacekeepers and we always, you know, seem like to be on edge, uh, always, you know, doing the right thing, helping, helping everybody when in reality, until something major happens, you don't start taking care of yourself. So. Well, That's probably why. That is a sad reality. We, until something happens, we don't take care of ourselves. That That is so interesting that yep. you phrased it that way, Dorothy, because here's this guy this that in 1976, he's like, I got nine months to live. So okay. in my brain, I'm already thinking, I got nine months to live, so I'm going to go back to Greece where my family's at. I'm just going to die there. But guess what? Stress is gone. Yeah. Because... I'm going to die. So all the things that create stress in our life, our job, you know, uh, traffic, all the stuff that creates stress, it's gone. Mm-hmm. 
And then I go to this little mm-hmm. island in Greece. I mean, who? <laughs> That's yeah. really well phrased, Dorothy. <laughs> it is, yeah. Maybe, maybe I should move to Greece. <laughs> I, same. I was just thinking the same thing. Watch, they're just going to get a flood of people moving I know, in. I know. <laughs> you need to expand this island, please. Well, you mentioned a minute ago that the air pollution is bad, and your your father um, is your is your dad part of why this whole kicking cancer message means something to you, Dorothy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, he was diagnosed with with lung cancer back in April of 2019. I had to think for a minute. Um, it was it's, it was one of those you talk about high stress moments. That was one of the highest stress moments of my life. Just got engaged in November of the prior year, April. I get a phone call from my dad uh, saying, "Hey, you know, I've been at the hospital all night," and I'm like, "Well, that's." Definitely not like my father. Uh, if, he, if he's going to wait more than two hours, he just doesn't stay. Mm-hmm. And uh, turns out that he had a dream the night before, <laughs> which he didn't tell us until afterwards. But he had a dream the night before saying that he was dying of cancer. And uh, so that it freaked him out enough. He had chest pains really bad in his chest. and But he had been moving some of my grandmother's furniture so he thought well maybe that was just it he was just gonna go just uh just to see what was if it was pulled chest muscles and he stayed because of the dream and turns out um that yes he did have a mass uh a mass the size of your fist a man's fist uh tumor on his lung wow and uh yeah he had smoked two packs a day though for over 50 years so Uh. In my mind, uh, you know, because that was my hero, in my mind, I go, I was, I think calm, and I'm like, okay, well, we're all free to choose, but we're not free to choose the consequences of our choices. Uh, so I just, you know, of course, I didn't say that to him right away. I kept that to myself, and I'm like, okay, so what's next? And after a series of tests and things like that, um, he was put on a radiation chemo cocktail, uh, six weeks of radiation, two months of chemo, and he just finished a month prior to my wedding, um, which was October of that year, and uh, was thankfully able to walk me down the aisle. They took a bunch more tests, and they said that the tumor had shrunk to nothing. So we were all celebrating. We were partying. You know, the wedding, obviously, not a dry eye in sight, considering everybody knew of his prognosis. And um, until December 8th of that year. And he went back for another scan, and the scan showed that it had moved to his liver, and it was stage four right off the hop. Wow. So, obviously, it, it had gotten missed. I mean, he went for a test, but it had been, must have been hiding when they did the, the scans. And, uh, we were told that if he didn't do anything, he would have a year to two. If he, if he did go back for more treatment and if it worked, he would have a year or two. If not, he would have, uh, eight months. And I had this sick feeling in my stomach and I'm like, okay, God, you know, my dad was no stranger to, to illness. Uh, I swear the man had nine lives. But this time I knew something would be different. And the chemo didn't work this time. Um, He was in so much pain that 
it was unbearable to watch him really at times. Um, and ended up passing away September 14th of 2021. I'm so sorry. If, if you could go back and change anything in that scenario, what would you change Dorothy? Well, if I know what this blue zone is and send them to a blue zone. (laughs) (laughs) What? Uh, but honestly, the man had been in, in chronic pain for 15 years prior to him even getting cancer. Uh, I have seen him cry himself to sleep. He had degenerative discs from the top of his neck to the base of his spine. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and he was in, in chronic pain. I mean, he was on morphine just to live so that he wouldn't be in, like, a stage five, 10 pain every day. Wow. So he, he, he was a tired soul. I mean, he was only 69 when he died, but when we found out, um, we did everything in our power to do what he wanted. Like if, if there was some, somewhere he wanted to go, we did it. Um, the last week of his life, I, we, my husband and I had just gotten back from vacation. I came into work and I said, guys, I know I've been on vacation, but you know, my dad's dying and I need to spend time with him. And I had taken him for his last oncology appointment before I went on vacation. And the doctor had said to me that it didn't look good and to basically prepare yourself. But I didn't tell my mom that. I didn't tell the rest of the family that because I'm I'm the one of positive thinking, power of positive thinking, right? If God, where there's breath, there's hope. And I thought, you know, God has saved him so many times. He's going to save him again this time. Uh, But when I came back from vacation, I asked my husband, I'm like, can we just stop over my parents' house just for, just to check in? And thank God I did because he did not look good. Um, as a matter of fact, my husband took my, my stepson out uh, so I could get my dad back into bed. And I told my mom I'd be back the next day after I got stuff straightened around at work. And so for nine days, we were by his bedside every day. Um, that, back then, that was COVID, in the height of covid and I won't get into the political crap around that, but um, make a long story short, uh, my brother and I would not have been allowed in the hospital at that time. Uh, so my mom would have had to do everything on top of so seeing her husband die by herself. Mm-hmm. So, and he wanted to die at home anyway. So we kept him at home and uh, we, thankfully we have a family friend who is a PSW who came in. And stayed with my mom at night, and we had nurses come in during the day. Uh, so, and of course, I was in and out uh, those nine days, you know, helping where I could. And uh, you know, it, it's, it's funny what you think of, because I, I was watching him there in the in his bed, just watching the, his chest rise. And something told me, you know, any anything that you want, you may as well get. Like I thought it'd be a, so kind of cool one day to do something with a thumbprint. So I did that. And then some, something told me, okay, well, why don't we just get a picture of our hands with his? So I did that. I asked my brother and my mom if they wanted that. And my uncle, who's really close to my dad, um, you know, anybody who wanted to come see him, we allowed them in. Um, and yeah, it was, it's, Something I'll never forget, and I'm grateful that we did it that way. You mentioned, and yeah, I, I wouldn't change it. 
You, you mentioned something a minute ago, and it's just an, it's an acronym that Amanda and I aren't familiar with. You said that the PSWs came in. What, what, what are those? Yeah. Uh, PSW is like a nurse, uh, a nurse that helps um, um, practical, what does that stand for? Practical something worker, social worker. Okay. Something okay. like that. So, someone so it's like a nurse. Kind of an end-of-life person that comes in and helps out? Yeah, so okay. because there was no room for hospice even, because he went too quickly, oh, uh, basically gotcha. hospice came to us, yeah. Well, there's something that you said a little earlier, <clears throat> and again, this this radio station is conservative talk, so we could get into a political <laughs> discussion, but I think we're going to avoid that. <laughs> um but I, I had a You really, don't want to get me started. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, we would probably agree with you, and then we wouldn't have enough time to We keep, do agree. We do we agree. <laughs> but see, something that you guys did that I think is so valuable, and I watched this happen here in Salem, a really good friend whose, whose uncle was having, had lung cancer. He had lung cancer. He goes into our local hospital here in Salem right before COVID lockdowns happened. And he gets there, and they said, you know, it's, it's pretty serious. And he looked at the daughter, which is my friend's cousin, and the daughter's headed home to get some clothes because she knew she was going to have to stay in the hospital a little while with her dad's situation. When she gets back, again, now here in Oregon, we're into our COVID lockdown protocols, and they weren't going to let her back in the hospital. And she pitched a fit. She's like, there is no way my dad is going to die in the hospital by himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She does manage to convince him to let her back in. Unfortunately, it took a couple of days, and his will to live had was gone. Yeah. And, he, and he passed pretty quick. And, but you kept your dad at home. And again, yeah. the, the end is in sight, but he's with family. And mm-hmm. I think that is just so valuable what you guys did yeah. by keeping him with his family in those last days. I agree. I think having him in a familiar environment surrounded by his loved ones is much better than a hospital setting with only one person allowed. Yeah. Shame on them. There's, yeah. again, we'll avoid the whole yeah. political <laughs> frustration with what went on, but, um, but there's something else that you said, and, and during the first half of the show, um, we, I do an update, Dorothy, with people here locally, and there was a gentleman that that I met about May of two th- of last year. Um, he had, he had stage four colon cancer. The, the chemo just made him feel like crap. And so he says, I'm going to stop the chemo and you know, I'll just let this thing ride its course. But what he wanted to do was he wanted to ride a motorcycle from Newport, Oregon, all the way to Boston, Massachusetts. The, the road is the same number the entire way. And so we pulled together a fundraiser to get some money to help him get the gas. And, and he goes off on this trip. He did pass on the 27th of December. He lasted about six months. But he, he was able to do what he wanted to do. And, and he died on his terms. Mm-hmm. Like he knew the end was coming. He knew that the cancer had spread out of the colon. It had moved to other organs. And it, and it sounds like, you know, you guys thought you had this under control. You know, you go from April 2019 to, to October. You get about six-month period of time there. The, the tumor has gone down to nothing. And then all of a sudden it comes back just two months later, but now it's stage four in the liver. And yeah. you guys kind of made the decision to let your dad do what he wanted to do. Did I, did I hear you correctly? It's all you absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, it was, and, and, you know, it's funny because for the last couple of years it had been like that. 
Um, and he loved to golf, absolutely loved to golf. And there's a golf tournament in Tilbury, Ontario, which is even smaller than Windsor, guys. So go look at the, the spec on the map for Tilbury. Okay. Because um, <laughs> he, he loved it so much, and he would go out, and he was in so much pain that my brother or my husband would have to put his ball on the tee just so he could tee off. Wow. And, and so what we've done to honor that and to honor what he loves, each year we have a golf tournament in his honor, the Don Graham Memorial Classic fun, fun classic. Uh, it's, and we raise money for people in our community that some of the, uh, medicines not covered. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're technically not a charity. However, um, I don't have the charity status, but the monies do go back into the community. So it's, uh, it's something that we started, we started our first year. I think we had five teams. This past year, we had, I think it was nine or ten teams, but we also had sponsors, so we were able to raise $1,000 for um, one of the ladies at the Chatham Camp Peer Support Group whose treatment just was not covering it. And when my dad got cancer, um, this woman has metastatic cancer, breast cancer, so she's on borrowed time, uh, but she... Her, her mission in life is to help other people who may have just gotten the diagnosis and you're, you're there and they have these big long words for things and you have no idea. And then you have to make decisions like DNR and all this other stuff. And so she sits down with families on her own time and will, you know, ask, tell them different questions that they should be asking their doctor. Uh, so when my dad was first diagnosed, I, I had met saw her somewhere she was oh she was uh sharing her story on uh dare to declare in chatham ontario another small town and uh and uh so when i found out that she had started this group i'm i said to my mom like we got to help this group out um so that's what we did and so and she now her cancer has gone into her liver but she's a fighter like she will do any homopathic remedy there is because she is not giving up. Like this woman is like bulletproof. Something, so. something you just said, and it's, it's, um, it's been a dream of mine from the day I started kicking cancer a little over five years ago. And we wanted to create chapters and we have our first chapter in Vancouver, Washington. And, and so this person in Vancouver, Washington, wanted to do something they could help in their ter- in their area, and now they can actually utilize our nonprofit status. And when they do a fundraiser, they're actually going to a nonprofit. It's, it's my belief, Dorothy, that we will have hundreds of chapters all over the world because something that you're doing right there can be duplicated off from the Kick and Cancer um, platform. So... Mm-hmm. Well, we've just got a little bit of time left, and I really appreciate you calling in. One of the things that we started doing with Kid Cancer is we create these shirts, and, and I'm wearing my, my black shirt right now, but we have this really fun shirt that we created in collaboration with the radio station. Mm-hmm. It's a red shirt, and over Oregon as the KSLM logo, and then randomly throughout the United States is our donkey logo, and, and we call it the Join the Movement shirt. Yes. We now have a store here. We have an online presence. We have an e-commerce as well. But I just tell my listeners, anyone that would like to buy that red shirt, I will give you a shirt of any other color free. Wow. 
We're going to do a buy one, get one free. Buy okay. the red shirt. Join the movement with the red shirt. You can get a white one, which would be lung cancer for Dorothy's mm-hmm. dad. You can get a black one for skin. Whatever you want to get. We can get a color of a shirt in any other color. It'll be a buy one, get one free. That's my offer for this show. That's awesome. That's a great offer. So uh-huh. you guys jump on that. That's at 3737 Cherry Avenue in Kaiser, Oregon. Or do you or, do it online? Yep. If you go if you go to kicking-cancer.org and where it says get involved, there's a spot that says buy shirts that will hyperlink you to our e-commerce site. Perfect. All right. Awesome. We sold our very first shirt on January the 11th, 2021. Oh, wow. So super close wow. to this day. Yeah. The first red shirt went out January the 11th, 2021. Okay. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dorothy, for joining us. I really appreciate you calling from Canada. How awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Yes. And a huge shout out to our sponsor for the second half is Marianne McNally. We wouldn't be able to do this without our sponsor. So you guys make sure to show them some love and support. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. Uh, So if you're looking to buy a home, sell a home, definitely reach out to her at 503-409-4389. And please continue to pray for her as she's currently going through her own battle. Although it looks like it's on the up and up, but still not out of... uh, water and clear yet so please continue to fight for for, pray for her to her fight Um, and we'll be back next week as as the the movement movement continues. continues